Hi, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. So I'm back. Last week, I was gone for the week, traveling down to Boca Raton, getting my daughter ready to launch to Florida Atlantic University. So this week, I'm back recording in the studio, and I am doing an intro today for my guest, Tamara Ashworth. So Tamara owns her own social advertising agency, and she is best known for how to make sure that you own all of your assets when it comes to digital marketing. This is something that you may or may not have thought about before, but it is critical if you are thinking of selling your business or if you work for a company in their marketing department and they might have an exit strategy of selling their company. Tamara is going to share with us a checklist of everything you need to know about owning your digital assets and also strategy when it comes to Facebook marketing and advertising and more. Welcome, Tamara. Okay, hi, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. I am happy to have my guest, Tamara Ashworth. How, how are you today, Tamara? I'm well, thank you. I know that you are also like expecting a baby in one week, which is super exciting. Exactly. Yes. Everything came at once, but um, things are, are falling into place, which is great too. So Tamara, I know that you, um, I'm very intrigued about your background because you combine your, um, you have your own agency that is specializing in e-com marketing strategy agency. Mm-hmm. And I love that you have your MBA and that you have a finance background. So those things together, I think, just make a really sweet combination. So tell us, how did you go from finance to MBA to having your own marketing agency? Yeah, very good question. Um, so I did start out uh, in finance during the global financial crisis, a perfect time to start out in the finance industry here in New York City. Um, layoffs were happening right away, <laughs> but um, it was an interesting time. And really, the what what um, I really loved marketing uh, from the beginning, and so I knew that eventually I wanted to go in that direction. But I wanted to um, I wanted to experience the finance world, and I did have uh, definitely um, I. I I loved the idea of understanding finance first as a basis to anything else, because I do believe, and I do see that in my agency now, that finance is such an important part of understanding and also just understanding the data. I mean, those are the two most important parts of having a successful uh, e-commerce business, for example, which is who our clients are, and um, really any online business, to be honest, especially with uh, when you're advertising. So that experience was pivotal, but eventually it did end up going in the direction that I was you know, ultimately meant to be in, which was marketing. Um, did my MBA at Notre Dame, and um, that was also, that was a focus in marketing at that point. So that's when I transitioned. After that, um, I did do some uh, corporate marketing positions, both in New York and in Europe. So I, I lived in Sweden and um, in the Netherlands, um, and my husband is Swedish, so we spent some time there. That was a great experience actually in Sweden, uh, culture-wise, just as a side note. So I, I definitely, that's another part of um, you know, the company that I want to build is really focusing on, on the culture because I've experienced the not so great culture in the finance in New York City and then fantastic culture in, uh, in marketing in Sweden, um, but just as a side note. And then I was uh, working in corporate marketing as global brand manager, launching many different um, 
skincare brands and um, yeah, it's not just skincare, but also beauty brands and health supplements, uh, et cetera, e-commerce products under the umbrella of a pharmaceutical company. And I was leading the launch of those projects. Um, then I was headhunted back to New York uh, for a startup company here. And so slowly stepping away from the corporate world. And I also always knew at some point really wanted to start my own company. So um, after some time in that startup company, learning the ropes of a smaller non-corporate environment at that point, um, decided that, you know, one at one point it was the perfect time to start my own company. And an agency was the, the right choice just because of my background as well. Definitely. So tell us about your agency now. And what I love, what mm -hmm. I think makes it different is when we were talking earlier that um, just the whole phrase of own your own assets. And I think, you know, I, I don't think that brands really realize what that means when, when, you're, when we're talking about digital advertising. So talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that definitely is borrowed from my finance days as well. So that's um, really how how it's uh, incorporated here. But owning your own assets, when you're advertising as an e-commerce business, um, there are so many parts to it. There's the, the, I mean, to get more technical, it's the ad account, the pixel, especially the pixel. The pixel is what writes the data uh, and that's how the algorithm on Facebook knows who to go after, who's your ideal audience. So the pixel, um, obviously your Facebook page, your Instagram uh, account, etc. cetera. Um, so all of these things in the advertising world for your e-commerce business is really important that you create and you own. Um, what I see a lot of the times, unfortunately, we do get clients who come over and their previous agency was the one who actually created these assets. And the problem with that is, you know, down the line, let's say your business grows and how does it grow? Most likely because of the advertising that you've done to begin with. And so your ad account and your pixel and the information, the data that you've collected is so vital in this potential acquisition process that when you sell your company in the future. And if you don't own that, that's going to severely hinder the, the acquisition process. So or the selling process. So um, that's something that, yeah, it's, it's a dangerous, um, it's pretty dangerous if, if an agency, and I don't believe it's done intentionally. I just believe that a lot of agencies don't understand how to set this up properly. So the setup is so incredibly important for uh, Facebook advertising with your, your e-commerce business. So what are some steps, like if, some, if a brand wanted to protect themselves and just what should they know to do or what questions should they ask when they're maybe working with an agency just to protect themselves? Well, I mean, if they don't know how to create, you know, the everything from the beginning. Um, that's a little bit tough, of course. You need to, to know that you need to actually create this yourself. Um, but so really, I guess the question would be, if you already know, okay, I know I need to, to do this myself, but I don't know how to do it. Um, basically just to ask, you know, what are the instructions for actually creating it myself? If the agency doesn't know that, that's a little bit of a red flag. Or if they say we can create it for you, that's a red flag. So they should send you instructions for how to actually set this up. And so the first step is to create your business manager and then to, well, you most likely already have your Facebook page. So you connect your Facebook page to your business manager 
and then you're going to create an ad account um, and then you're going to create your uh, Facebook pixel and that is probably the most important step because the pixel can't be transferred as an ownership it can be shared but it can't be transferred as an ownership so that's that's what what is the the critical point and that's the point that we've seen some of our clients come to us lately what we've done in that case is we've gotten uh, share access from the previous agency who has um, who created it and actually has the ownership of the pixel created audiences from that to share it into the ad account that the client actually owns and um, but run the new ads with a pixel that they own so essentially they're starting over again but they're able to use the previous data so that way going forward they're actually able to have their assets that they're building but obviously it's better to do this from the beginning definitely and i can see you know it just seems like every year that facebook gets more and more complicated when it comes to facebook advertising so it's harder for for if you're not in it every day to know, you know, whether or not it's being done right. And like you said, most agencies are not trying to be do, doing something where yeah. purposeful, purposeful, intentional. They're just trying to, the fastest way to get a, a campaign started. And this is the fastest way. Exactly. Yeah. But it's yeah, more of a shortcut. It can, be, it can be tough, of course, to um, tell somebody, you know, to tell somebody basically go the steps of how to do this. I mean, it's pretty technical, but what we do is we actually provide videos for every step. So that makes it really easy. We had a dummy account that we created. We created videos around every step. So it makes it really easy for anyone to just be able to follow that and to uh, create it themselves. And also, of course, we always offer, you know, if you need extra help, let's jump on a zoom and share our screen and we can even take over your screen and, you know, help you out that way. That's awesome. So when you're starting out with a client, what, what are some of the, the best practice steps that you take that maybe are different than uh, other agencies? Um, well, I mean, the setup process is a really important one. So again, going back to all of this is um, making sure that um, we have the right connections as a partner, as an agency to their assets, obviously not, um, yeah, not either employee status or not as uh, owning it or transferring ownership. It's really about staying on that agency level and gaining access and showing them how to go through this. But the other parts, of course, are gaining access into, well, okay, another more technical aspects, right? So getting, gaining access into their um, back end of their shop. So if they're on Shopify, again, through partner access is the best way to do this. So we have a partnership account at Ashore Strategy. And um, essentially, we just connect it as a, as a partner. And then uh, Google Analytics, um, some of the other technical parts. Um, the, the thing to remember here, the way that we do this and the way that we organize all of this is actually by sending a briefing document. And we send out a briefing document in survey format. So it's pretty easy for them to just fill out and check off if they've done something already. Um, and then, of course, any step along the way, if they need further assistance, we can hop on a Zoom call, but uh, each step does have a video as well, video instruction um, walkthrough so that it, it makes it really simple and easy for anyone who's never done this before. Um, so going back to what we ask for, yes, technical, as I mentioned, very important to get that set up correctly because there are some other, other things actually that have um, come up recently as well in that process, and it can be a very long process to make sure that it's done correctly. <clears throat> but the other part is 
making sure that we understand their uh, KPIs, for example. That's really important. So what is the key performance indicators that they're going to be looking out for um, so that we can be aligned on the same page? Um, what is their COGS, you know, so that we can figure out what's their margin and therefore we can figure out at what point are they going to be profitable given the return on ad spend that we can get them on Facebook. Um, and that's another point is, you know, it's very important for them to understand, and this is getting into the financials of yeah. it. It's very important for them to understand what those numbers are. And a lot of our clients sometimes want to breeze through it and they say, you know, NA or something like that, but we'll call, call them and we'll have a conversation. We'll say, let's, let's work through this together because it's actually a very important part of it. Um, if they just said, okay, ideally I want six times return and it's just a number that they chose from the air. It's not going to help them because that is, we need to know essentially what is the break even return on ad spend. And then as long as we're above that, that they become profitable. Cause it's not about trying to get the highest return possible. Now, yes, we have gotten six times return. We have gotten, you know, eight times we've, we've gotten, but a lot of the clients are profitable at two times or even 1.8. And so the idea is not to be honestly greedy in that sense. The idea is to know your numbers well enough to know when are you actually profitable? Because when you start to scale and you put more budget in it, it's no longer about the multiple, the, the actual number of return. It's now about the money that is coming in versus the money going out. And that's what really matters when you grow your business. Yeah. And I think that's like a huge differentiator between most agencies don't really get down to that granular, like, those numbers of, and, and helping a business like realize, okay, are you, you know, what are your margins? Are you profitable? Is this making sense? Are you putting too much into advertising and you're not getting it out? And, you know, that's, it's, it, I think businesses, you know, need help in connecting those dots. And I think that's just amazing that that's part of what you do. Yeah. And so, I mean, of course there's other data points also like the conversion rate on a website, et cetera. And then there's the creative aspects of it, which of course they need to have strong creatives. They need to have, um, you know, a, a, a very good um, visually appealing website with testimonials. Testimonials is an incredibly important part. So definitely the numbers is the foundation, but then of course there's the, the creative aspect of it that's important as well. So what are some tips that you can give when it comes to creative um, when that's working right now on, on Facebook and and also messaging, like what, what is working and what isn't today? It's interesting because in 2020, that has really just taken, you know, a, a, a turn. Every month seems to be different in 2020. So um, last year, Facebook started focusing more and more on video. What was interesting is that we were testing video with photos and still shots, and we were actually seeing the still shots were still doing better than video for some reason, even though Facebook was pushing that. Now we're seeing that video, once again, is actually having a, a little bit of a comeback. So we are seeing that video works really nicely. Depends on what video, of course. But if we talk about 2020 specifically, at the beginning of the year, it's just like anything else, right? But then, well, we have COVID that hit. So in uh, about, yeah, end of February, I would say March, really, March, April, the messaging needed to be, and it, so the copy became the most important part of the ad. It was no longer about video versus still shot. It was no longer about, you know, what do you actually 
representing in the photo or in your video, it was about the messaging. So it had to be very um, sensitive to the time. It had to yes. be talking about, you know, stay at home or it just, it, you had to be very careful with the messaging um, during that period of time. Then what was interesting was that in um, May, the, that type of messaging no longer worked. And people pretty much got tired of that messaging. You know, I mean, now it's been, it's the third or, you know, pretty much three and a half months later um, at that point or three months later at that point. And people were starting to get tired of this, you know, same messaging of stay at home, etc. cetera. So um, that started to transition. And then of course we've had the protests and that became another sensitive um, situation. So brands that really took that on uh, were did did the best. So um, you really again need to be just very sensitive about how you go about it, um, who you're talking to, etc. And so in 2020, copy the copy the actual messaging became the most important, and you really have to think about your brand. So branding became even more important in 2020, just because people want to resonate with a brand that they really believe in and that they feel is doing the right thing during that period of time. Those who did not change their strategy at all just sounded very um, deaf to, to what was going on. And therefore, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking, we're seeing the, the dip in results in the ads just because uh, it, it is a sensitive time and you really do have to adapt in your copy. And that was, that's kind of the theme of 2020 is really focusing on your copy. Yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster and super stressful. I mean, from a public relations standpoint, you know, especially the beginning of June, I mean, really just through COVID and then June with the protests, it's like navigating through, you know, helping brands represent themselves authentically and being transparent mm -hmm. and, you know, what feels right to one brand might not feel right to another. So it's been, you know, definitely challenging. And then now with July being, you know, like a, a boycott against Facebook with some brands, you know, stopping all advertising with Facebook, you know, some saying they're stopping throughout the year. Um, how do you, how do you, yeah. what's your take on that? And are you um, seeing that as an opportunity for brands that continue to advertise? So uh, I am seeing it as an opportunity for the smaller brands because the bigger brands that are doing this, um, so they're, they're leaving the market and it's, it's right for them to do that, you know, in, in certain situations, you know, depending on their brand, again, it's very much about branding in 2020. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that as a smaller brand, you, you have to follow suit. Um, it, it can be an opportunity for you because as a smaller brand, you're not uh, so much in the spotlight yet. You want people to recognize you. So it's an opportunity for you to step up and to not only, you know, yeah, advertise your products, but again, in a, in a sensitive nature and really building that brand that, um, and, and owning your, your brand and getting that message out there. So it is an opportunity. And if you look at it from a market perspective, um, so we actually saw it was end of February, early March, we saw um, advertising costs plummeted, which was really good for, for um, those who were advertising still, because of course, with COVID, you had um, advertisers, big advertisers that were in the 
uh, airline industry, travel industry, entertainment industry that they were leaving the market. So that left uh, a lot of uh, opportunity for the smaller brands because what that means is, for example, in in a during Black Friday, it's much more expensive to advertise. And the reason is just because there's more money being poured. It's, it's supply and demand, right? So there's more money being poured in. So that's what happened at the beginning of COVID. Now we're going to see it again, or we are seeing it again in July with this uh, blackout for the big brands. And it's an opportunity for the smaller ones to really just step up and, and uh, again, you know, have that opportunity of the less expensive advertising, um, but do it with integrity, do it in a way that uh, you're really true to your brand that you're building and connecting with your audience. That's actually a really important point in 2020 is connecting with your audience. Yes, I love that. So um, what are some pet peeves that you, you, you have that you can share and some mistakes that you see brands making? Yeah, so um, definitely I would say, I mean, kind of going back to the finance and the the data analysis of it, of course, you can't expect that everyone's going to be at the same acumen level, but to really try to um, get up to speed with what is the data telling you and trying to understand and interpret uh, and interpret the data uh, accurately. And that's what we do with our clients is, we take them on, but we don't just leave them in the dark. We will actually go through their ad account so they're familiar with the data that's in their ad account. We will explain to them, you know, um, we really need to know your margins for this reason. Let's work together to get there. Um, so taking that on, not being afraid of it, but also, you know, being proactive with trying to learn and understand about your um, your financials as a, as a business, which is extremely important regardless of of uh, Facebook advertising but especially with Facebook advertising because that is how you're growing your company um, but also understanding the data behind it so just understanding that you know what you get today uh, is really uh, with Facebook advertising you're trying to get to that formula that works with your profit margins and uh, that might mean that with an agency cost on you know month one doesn't work but the whole point is as you scale that you are going to diminish your fixed costs versus your variable costs so that's also a, a big one that I try to talk to um, clients about is the difference between your fixed costs and your variable costs your variable costs are you know as you put more money in and you're getting more sales your, your expenses aren't really changing, but your fixed costs are the, the costs that are not going to change as you grow, which is fantastic because that means that you get more and more income and revenue, uh, profit really at the end of the day, um, once when you are growing larger and larger. So understanding the difference between those two are actually a, a very important piece as well. Right. That's a great point. We talked a little bit about this earlier when we were chatting that I just want to share with the audience and how, um, you know, how it seems like brands are so willing to just throw down cash to the, to the, to the spend, to the media spend, Mm -hmm. to the advertising dollars. But when it comes to the strategy and the management, Mm -hmm. they don't want to pay so much. And, and then can you kind of talk through that? And, and what do you say to that? I mean, it, 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 to me, it's just so frustrating because it's like, hey, invest in the strategy so you get more from your ad spend. 
That's the thing. Um, so that's also, I mean, if we were to talk about pet peeves again, you know, sometimes when we're, we're all, we always audit an account before we take on a client because we are very selective. We don't want to, it'll frustrate us if, uh, if we can't do a good job for our clients and then they walk away a month later. Of course, we don't want that situation. So definitely um, understanding, um, understanding how to put, uh, sorry, um, I was on a roll. Well, just, just understanding on how the investment into the strategy is so important to exactly. get the most out of the media spend. Yes, I was going to say understanding long-term versus short-term. Okay. I think yeah. that's really just the, the key to all of this is understanding the, the long-term investment mindset versus the short-term. Because in the short-term, of course, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to really just um, be able to, you're not, it's not a tangible, um, it's not tangible what you, the strategy is not tangible. You can't actually visualize it. You can't see this tangible strategy that plays out. Um, and what we see from other agencies when a client comes to us is that they actually didn't have a strategy to at all to begin with. When they were actually creating their ads, they, one week they had an entirely new campaign. The next week they changed it up and it was, again, an entirely new campaign. So every single week is something new. So there's no real strategy behind it, which means that there's no learning opportunity behind it. And that is what is um, really crucial because the, uh, the strategy is going to lead into the learning opportunities from your testing phase. And that actually leads me to, um, essentially, we have a four-step process and it's in this process for a specific reason. The first step is strategy. So it's actually, that's hence our name, Asher Strategy. Strategy is so important. Um, number one, the first foundational process is strategy. And that is to really understand, you know, how do you structure your campaigns for success? And every account is going to be different. So we do a deep dive into the customers, into the competitors, into the, the market, the understanding the products uh, of the client specifically in order to build out the different personas that we want to target in the audiences, um, build out the actual creatives of the ads and the messaging, et cetera, and put them in the specific strategy that's going to work, um, or at least that we're going to start off with in our testing phase um, in the different campaigns. Always with top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel at the very minimum, because you need a cold audience and then retargeting audiences. And then the second phase is testing. So that directly leads into testing. And testing is, uh, has to be done in a methodical way. You have to isolate the variables. You can't just throw a few pieces up, change strategy in the next week, which is what we see a lot of the times when we actually audit accounts, which we do before we take on clients. Um, so the testing phase, I like to say actually, sometimes is the most important. Obviously the strategy is the foundation, but a lot of the times why uh, an account will not do will not see the success that they could be seeing is because they haven't tested enough uh, and they haven't tested in the right way so it's not just sufficient but also in the right way uh, by isolating the variables and actually taking those learning points and applying them to new combinations uh, and new um, ads and audiences etc the third phase is the uh, optimization phase. So in optimization, that is when we now have the learnings from the testing phase and you can optimize. 
uh, the ads, which means that at that point you can have, start to see more stable results that are happening. And these are the results that ultimately will lead to being able to scale. And then of course the fourth stage is scaling. So that is how, um, that's why strategy is so foundational is because it really has to be the first part. But like I said, it's not tangible. And so I understand, you know, it's very appealing to say, let's just throw some ads up and see what happens. But if you don't do the, do it in this methodical way and strategic way, you're going to be missing out on so many opportunities and you're also going to be experiencing volatility in your account. So that's, that is a, a big, um, a big factor that we see actually when, uh, when we get a new client and previously, I mean, one, one week was up, one week was down. They're experiencing this volatility because the previous agency didn't have this strategy and they were changing it up every week. Yeah. We see that too. So you have your MBA, but they don't really offer an MBA in Facebook advertising, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Facebook has this like, so where do, if, where do you learn everything? What sources do you suggest mm-hmm. if somebody's trying to just, you know, maybe start, start at the bare basics or trying to get a little bit more advanced? What are your, some of your trusted sources? Yeah, so that's really interesting. I mean, the MBA, it definitely gave me the foundation to understand from a very holistic point of view of how to grow a business and not just be, we're an agency, but we're not just, you know, going to, again, put up some ads, we're actually doing it in a very strategic way, being a partner, looking at the bottlenecks, looking at the data and and helping the the company actually grow into a larger e-commerce business. But yes, the technicalities of it have to be there as well. Well, first of all, of course, I mean, I've been doing this for a few years, so yes, uh, experience is is part of it. Um, But the other parts of it was um, I did invest in and continue to invest in um in groups in learnings uh you know for for each of these pieces and um i even invest in my team as well so um that's that's a really big part is to to make sure that um i'm constantly up to date with the latest one i'm also part of a um closed network a paid closed network that is uh one of the the top they they only have really the top uh online marketers in there and um and that's that's extremely important yeah i mean it's i met a lot of different um facebook advertising experts in you know the past 10 years and they're all very good um but they all kind of have like a different secret sauce Mm -hmm. and not that one is different than the other but it just seems like you know it's so important to have everybody speaking the right language when it comes to facebook advertising um so it seems like you guys are all like yeah. in synergy with each other, getting your information from the same sources and best practices are on the same page, which, you know, I think that that's super important. It is. And it's actually surprising. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it is, there are some, so sometimes when you speak to Facebook representatives, it's just interesting how even they sometimes aren't so up to date with certain sources. Mm-hmm. So it really pays off to invest in your education in this and to find those resources that are the the, the top ones um, in order to, to gain the knowledge that is accurate. And also it's not just that, it's also just keeping up to date because like you said at the beginning, Facebook changes every single day. So that's why as an agency, it is important to us to be focused. So we only work with e-commerce businesses. We only um, work with Facebook, which 
owns Instagram, so Facebook and Instagram advertising. Um, and the reason is because, I mean, it's, it's enough, really. Like, it, it's enough to every single day something can change. Uh, so those agencies that are uh, even, you know, conglomerate agencies that are offering the entire gamut, they're not going to be so involved on the daily um the, the daily changes that Facebook has. So it is actually better to go with a more niche focused agency if uh, in those uh, particular advertising channels that you're looking to, to do, because they're gonna have their ears to the ground. They're gonna know exactly you know, what are the latest changes. The advertising agencies that are offering everything under the sun are not necessarily up to date with the daily changes. Yeah, that's so true. So what are some of your trusted sources, like their favorite podcasts or blogs that you follow? Or, you know, what are some, can you give us some tips and secrets yeah. that you use? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I didn't give any yet. So, <laughs> um, well, actually a big resource, uh, which I'm sure has been said many times on your podcast is FATC, which is, um, well, actually now they call it Digital Distillery. Um, so that is Cat Howell run, um, and she also has a, a couple others, um, mastermind groups, etc., that we're part of. Um, so that's been a big one. Um, and yeah, I mean, podcasts. Oh gosh, lately I haven't had too much time to look at that. But actually, I do like to listen to um, Hirsch Marketing. Now that's not for e-commerce, um, but she has some some nice tips just overall in terms of um, uh, just yeah building an agency for example so that's like interesting to me of course yeah, yeah. um and so I, I do listen to that podcast i think it's it's fantastic information and she's um yeah she's very impressive because she's uh, actually i think like still 20 something three kids i mean and built a multi-million dollar agency so it's fantastic um kurt molly is a great i love kurt for, yeah for <laughs> for facebook advertising as well um he He's great because um, he really thinks about it from a, a branding perspective, but still qualifying your audience. So that's that's an interesting part of it because most agencies, uh, well, the the not so great agencies will use traffic campaigns at the cold uh, advertising, a cold audience level, which is a big no no because you're not qualifying your audience at all. Um, the better agencies will use conversion campaigns only. Um, and that's fine. It's very expensive, but you're really just asking somebody to, to purchase. So basically it's the whole funnel, which is going to be your cold audience and your retargeting audience is just asking your, your audience to purchase the whole time, which can become a little bit, um, it, yeah, over time it, it's, it doesn't work as well. But with Kurt Molly and incorporating his strategy is interesting because it's about branding. It's about getting your content out there and feeding it into conversion campaigns. So yes, there's a big part of it that is converting. Of course, you need to have purchases, but you're also building that branding in a in a very um, it, it, with qualified audience with a qualified audience. So not just branding for the sake of you know putting noise out there, but doing it in a strategic way. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love Kurt too. Um, so just switching gears to, um, so digital detox secrets is another book and podcast that I host and I wrote. So you're having a baby in a week. What are, what are some tips that you, you know, as an agency owner, an entrepreneur, 
a mom to be, what do you do to relax and take a break and chill out? That's so interesting. I mean, the thing is, is that I am so passionate about this. So it's not even, I mean, yes, of course, everyone needs to, to de- detox or de-stress and, you know, have a break. But um, I mean, of course, I, I don't know. I like to spend time with my husband and <laughs> I do like to read. Um, and I read, I, I mean, I love to read business books. So that's not exactly like taking, you know, a break from all of this. But um, the truth is, is that I am passionate about this. So, you know, any kind of my, any free time, uh, I do tend to either, um, yeah, read about business books or uh, learn a little bit more about, you know, something else that I'm, I'm, that's applicable either to my agency or for the clients or to my team. But I think, um, you know, I really thank you so much for, for joining me on Social PR Secrets and sharing all of your advertising secrets. And I think that they also um, intertwine with public relations and branding because, you know, you have to have the creative, you have to have the copy, you have to have the messaging right, you have to have everything optimized for, you know, to, for ultimate success. So thank you so much. And please keep us posted when the baby comes. So now you're going to have two babies, your business. And your it, it is. And I actually, and it might sound terrible, but I do say my business is my first baby, but not in terms of order, but just in terms of timing, right? It was the first one that, uh, I mean, it is, it's, it's something you create. Uh, clearly can't compare it to a human being baby, of course. But yes, I mean, it, I am, I am very passionate about it. So it's, um, it is a baby to me as well. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll catch back up with you in a couple of months and you can give us the status update and talk about any new trends that are happening. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Tamara. Okay, Tamara. So if we want to catch up with you, where is the best place to go to find if we wanted a book time with you or spend time with you, where do we find that? Um, I would probably point you to my landing page, which is helpmyecomstrategy.com. And that's ecom is with one M. And uh, of course, you can go to ashwastrategy.com too. But on helpmyecomstrategy.com, you can actually read through some of our case studies, our uh, video testimonials by our client, um, but also go through to book, book an appointment with us to talk about your strategy. Okay, great. All right, Tamara, thank you so much for your time. And we'll catch up with you in a couple months. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com free.